without further ado, it really gives me pleasure to bring this young lady to the stage. She has spoken all over the world, but she has never preached in a church. Isn't that weird? It is weird. <laughs> this is Marcy Powell, if you don't know her, and we are honored to have her here. I wanted a mom to be on stage today, and she's going to bring the word to us. Amen. Thank you. you. Thank you. Mm. He called me young. Did you hear that? He said, young lady. We treasure those moments, don't we? Good morning, church. I am so excited to be blessed enough to speak somewhere about something that is what really matters. Right? He said, I've spoken all over the world about education, educational technology, blah, 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 the future, the future, the future. What future really matters? This eternal one, this one, right? So I am beyond pumped. And I want to say hi to everybody online. I am so glad you're here. I know several of you have told me you're out there, so thank you. Thank you for watching, and I hope Holy Spirit will just feel, Holy Spirit, we just pray you fill this place with your presence, that you'll feel wherever the people online are, and that they will feel your comfort, your warm, your, your embrace, Holy Spirit, and that you'll open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what you want us to hear and to see and to know. In Jesus' name. Yes. Blake was a 15-year-old. And his father had a five-car garage shop out back, back of the property. His dad restored classic cars. So it wasn't too long. Blake would help out, help out even when he was little. Uh, but this one day, this 1966 Ford Mustang convertible, blue with a white vinyl top, Pulled in, oh, it needed restored. But Blake fell in love with the car. It was like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He met the owner. He was sad that the owner had it and he didn't, but he met him. And Blake helped his dad work on this car. The smell of the leather cleaner as it creamy, turned the, white, the seats creamy white, the bucket seats. The going out to get an original bumper to replace the one that was damaged, oh, it was a joy. It was a joy. He begged his dad. He pleaded. He got in his head what he wanted. He wanted a car. He wanted that car, right? He begged. He pleaded. Well, his 16th birthday came. Blake was so excited, great with anticipation. And when he... Walked, at, walked after the cake, he went to open the box his dad gave him, and there was a Bible. He looked at the Bible, looked under the Bible, put the Bible back down. He suddenly got so mad, so furious, that he just threw the box down and stormed out of the room. He couldn't believe it. That's what I get for my birthday. 16. I'm 16. Do you know he wouldn't speak to his dad hardly at all after that? 
As a matter of fact, when he went away to college, he vowed he would never come home again. He was furious, bitter, angry. But when he was 22, he got a phone call from his mom, and his dad had passed. He had to go home for the funeral. And after the funeral, he went back to the house, and he went in his room, still hadn't changed, and he sat down on the bed, bed, just tormented, and he saw the box sitting on the closet shelf. He reached over and grabbed the box and pulled it out. There was the Bible. He stared at it for a little bit. But then his rage got the best of him, and he threw it across the room, and it fell open. He saw something shiny, and he went over to see what it was. And there was a note and a car key. And it said, son, your mom and I have prayed and prayed, and you're about to embark on a journey in life, and we wanted you to have the best thing we could give you, the Holy Word and the Holy, Script, the Holy Spirit. We wanted you to have those for your life and wanted you to enjoy the keys to your, new, your 1966 Ford convertible. I hope you will treasure these, all three of them. He was brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. You know, what is the greatest gift in that box? What was the greatest gift? God's Word. God's Word. And we look at that, what, what is it that keeps us from seeing that? What clouds our vision? What is it that gets in our way and keeps us from, well, it closes our eyes and our, our hearts, and we just think, you know, whatever. Is it anger? Is it rage? Is it bitterness? Is it dreams and hopes that are shattered? What is it that keeps you from seeing that? As I was preparing for this sermon, can you believe that I'm saying a sermon? <laughs> okay, calm down. As I was preparing for it, it was chaos around me everywhere. Amen. Three weeks ago, <laughs> he's had to live with that for three weeks. Every, three weeks ago, we went down to um, Wimberley and helped our, our son pack up his house. And then we came back at the day after Easter, and they came back with us. So we had our son, his wife, and their two girls in our house. Then this weekend, I had almost all of my grandkids, well, all of my physically biological grandkids, and then one that I chose, and I was missing one, but he's here this morning, so... Rock on Riley, my adopted grandkids. My house was full, like 12 people. Was it chaos? So I titled this sermon, In the Midst of Chaos. It was chaos, but you know what? It was loving chaos. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world to have my daughter and her family, my grandkids, have everyone here. My sister surprised me this morning. It was loving chaos. And... In the midst of all of this, my lovelies, who are also here, yeah, there you go, uh, we have a group of women that get together and do Bible journaling and art, and um, we call ourselves the lovelies. Isn't that cute? I love it. We were the fabulous five, but then we decided we wanted anyone to join that wants to, so we changed the name. So, 
Anyway, I asked him, I said, pray for me. I'm trying to write the sermon, and I just want to know what the Lord wants me to say, what the Holy Spirit wants to speak through me. It's got to be his words, not mine. And so they did. And one of our lovelies, Darlene Schmeckpepper's sister, Joan, Joan pulls out this work of art that she did. And I think we have a picture of it. Maybe we can get it up. We'll see. If not, I'll describe it to you because I'm good at that. Oh, there it is. She said that they were sitting down doing some journaling and they were supposed to journal the 23rd Psalm. And so everybody just asked, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to paint? What are you trying to tell me? And she painted this picture. And when she got through, she was like, oh, whoa. That looks like, ooh, what is all of that? So she said, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to show me? And he said, the reds and the yellows. And he goes, fiery darts and things that are coming at you and chaos and confusion and distraction and it's all around you. But I want you to be able to see the shepherd and learn to hear my voice in the midst of chaos, in the midst of it all. She said, see the little sheep? I said, there's a sheep in there? Oh, wait, the little gray thing. There's a little sheep and there's the shepherd. We have to, in the midst of chaos and distractions, hear that voice. So that's what I, I was grateful for that, that word from her. So a few days ago, I'm on version five of the sermon. It keeps, you know, the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, take that out, put this in. No, you know, he knew who's going to be here, who's going to be online, who's going to hear it. And I'm hoping he's actually speaking it in his language to you. I never thought about that until we were singing the songs. You know, when the Holy Spirit fills us and he gives us a language, there's a language between us. And we talk about that. But what about the miracle of the day of Pentecost and everybody heard them in their own language? There's a message for each one of you in the midst of chaos he wants you to hear. And so I was praying, and I was awakened early one morning, and he gave me three weird words. And I thought, I'm not used to this. I wasn't raised this way. This is not the Holy Spirit I was taught. Um, I had a very in-a-box you know, vision of what the Holy Spirit was. I didn't let him out. Well, I've let him out. Oh, my goodness. What you guys have been getting to experience, many of you all of your life, it's new to me, and it's awesome. It is stinking awesome. I love it. So he gave me these three words, azalea, stone, morira. I can't even say the word, M-O-I-R-A, moira. I had to look up all these words. It wasn't M-O-R-I-A, moira, you know, a, a, there's an H on the end, moira. Mariah, that's a whole different sermon, and it's a good one. Look up Mount Mariah and what it has in common in the Bible. But Moira, so I had to look up all of these words, and I looked up what their meanings were. And one of the first words that I saw was uh, Acelia. Let me have a drink real quick. Thank goodness for water. That'll be in the sermon in a little bit. Now, azalea, one of the meanings of the word azalea is dry. Well, what came to my mind immediately was dim, dry bones going to rise again. I love that song. 
So I flipped over to Ezekiel. And I might actually have a scripture that I put up there before that. We'll see if I did. I missed one of my points, but we'll circle back. Actually, I might stick it in. What scripture do I have, Eric, that's coming up next? Where is Eric? Eric's not back there. Isaiah, I did skip a scripture. That's okay. See, we make mistakes, but we're forgiven, right? Because you still love me. Okay, so Isaiah 66, 14. Don't put it up yet, almost. It's up. Okay, wait. Wait. Wait a second. In the midst of all this chaos, one of the things that was a constant, uh, constantly distracting me, but in a loving way, was my three-year-old granddaughter, Kira. Now, Kira is the little bitty of the grand, the youngest of the grandkids, and she just wants to be in my arms all the time. She wants me to hold her every second of every minute. She constantly comes over and says, pick me up, pick me up, or as my daughter used to say, me up. She used to say, me up, and I knew what she meant. She was only one, so that was pretty good. Um, and she wants me to, or she would say, hold you, hold you. Sometimes Carol will walk up to me and she will say, I just need some loving. What am I going to do? Yeah, give that baby some love. That's right, Kyra. And I did. She is just a joy. But that, that, as I started thinking of this sermon, and I started thinking of her, then you can put up the scripture, I looked at this scripture that says, as a mother comforts her child, in this case I'm a grandmother, but so I will, will I comfort you. And you'll be comforted over Jerusalem. I love the first part of that verse because it reminded me of what the Holy Spirit does for us. He comforts us. He's the great comforter. How many times do we just need to go to the Holy Spirit and say, me up. (laughs) Right? Me up. Hold you. Hold you. We just sang about it, leaning back in the Father's arms. What a blessing and gift that God has given us through this Holy Spirit. So as I looked at the word dry and I thought of Ezekiel, we'll stick that verse up now. Uh, the first verse in Ezekiel 39. We looked at that and then you know the story. Ezekiel has a vision God's given him. The Spirit took him out there and the Spirit says, Ezekiel, look at this big valley full of dry, bone, dry bones. Well, guess what I'm going to do? And we know the song, the dry bones come together and there you've got all their body and skin and tendons and every bit of them's all made. But then are they alive? Not yet. Not until he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make you breathe. Breath, breath will enter you and you will come to life. I love that verse. uh, Verse 14 after that, that's verse 5 in Ezekiel 39. Verse 14 says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. How many of us need a spirit in in us? Oh, wait, it's this. We need it in us to live. So then I flipped over to Ezekiel 47 and something I felt like I was just sent over to this chapter. So verses 1 through 9 In that vision, God tells Ezekiel, I'm about to give an inheritance to my people. I'm going to give an inheritance. So once you go to the temple, 
And he basically says, go to the temple, pay attention to what's going to happen. And so Ezekiel goes, and out from under the front doors of the temple comes waters just pouring out of this temple. And it's pouring out, and it's pouring out every direction. And the Lord says, go measure, go a thousand feet, see how he goes and measures. It's ankle deep, then it's knee deep. He goes another thousand feet, then it's waist deep. He keeps going out until he has to swim to be able to be in this river that's flowing out of the temple. And the scripture, verse 9 says, Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Wherever the river flows. Isn't that a beautiful picture? What's the inheritance he's talking about? Let's go over to the foreshadowing of the temple that was us as the temple. So in John chapter 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. In verse 39, it says, by this, Jesus meant the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm going to be honest. I've sung that song ever since I was little. What song are you talking about? The one Chris sang to me this morning for a minute. Um, And it said, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, spring up a well within my soul. I have sung that with every ounce of my being. And I have always thought of it, well, that's Jesus. That's Jesus in me. That's Jesus in me. You know, that's Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Okay, yeah. What is he talking about? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, he said at the, in John 14 through 16, the four chapters, Go read them later today when you have time. When you're not celebrating with your mama, go read them. And he's really in the end days, and he tells the guys, I'm getting ready to leave you. You know, it's where in my father's house are many mansions, are many, and I have a room prepared for you. It starts with that. And he goes through all of that, and he talks about being the vine and remaining in him and let me remain in you. And all of those scriptures are packed into those three, the three chapters Well, what gets me um, is when you get down to, let me see where it is. What verse do I have put up there next? There we go. Thank you for keeping me straight. 16, John chapter 16, verse 7 says, But I tell you the truth, it is good for you that I'm going away, because unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. That revelation that Jesus had to leave this world so the Holy Spirit could come. We have Jesus in our heart. The Holy Spirit fills our whole body, rivers of life flowing out of us, a river that we cannot, we just gonna have swim. Get ready because He, and if we let Him free to flow out of us, oh, that's beautiful. And now I started going, wait a minute, that song makes so much more sense through all the years. 
So, and I really, then that, to me, that's when I, I called this sermon in the midst of chaos, but then I almost called it, oh, it's personal. I like, which, like, which title do you like best? Oh, it's personal. Oh, it's personal? Here we are in the midst of chaos in life, everything, good or bad, that can happen to us in tough times and good times and wonders and stresses and we sung a minute ago, let's driving cease. Um, so true. But here it is. It's personal. The Holy Spirit is personal. He's a person, and he wants to dwell in us. He dwells in us, and he's there. It's not when Kira, for example, the last couple of nights, my son and daughter-in-law went out of town for a little break away from the kids, and I got the kids. Well, the first night, Kira's crying. I want my mommy. I want my mommy. For 10 minutes, she's breaking down. I want my guy. She just wanted her mommy, but mommy's gone. And when we finally convinced her, mama's going away, but she'll come back. Don't worry, she's coming back. She turned around, turned on her side, scooted her back all the way up against where her back was touching me, grabs my arm and puts it over her, and then she went to sleep. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit? That we can just back up and lean back in the arms. And he can wrap his arms around us. It reminded me of the very first, uh, second verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-2, where he says, um, the Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness, and the Spirit spoke, breathed life. The world began. The world was born. And then I looked at Deuteronomy 32.5. I don't think I have that scripture to put up there because that's one of the later ones the Spirit gave me. And it says that he had... Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, it spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. Now, the cool part is the word hovers. It's in both of those verses. Hovering over the darkness and the birth of the world's getting ready to begin and hovering over us. You see that? The word hover in Hebrew actually can also be translated broods which is the wings, the mother, the hen, spreading her wings over us and pulling us in. So that's the story I wanted to, to share with you. Um, in our final few minutes, I'll tell one little last story. I wanted to share, and that's a whole nother sermon, um, but I want, there's so much I want to share. The Holy Spirit working in me and what he's doing and how it's changing my life and the broken places that he's cleaning up. And when I just sit still long enough and I listen, he'll give me, like we were studying Truly Free. Come on Wednesday nights because it's awesome, the studies that we do. Um, truly Free. And I was in the root of um, bitterness and I was praying and I said, well, I don't, I'm not bitter. I'm not a bitter person. I'm not a bitter person. And the Holy Spirit goes, <clears throat> yes, you are. <laughs> I went, no, I'm not. And he goes, you don't realize this, but you have a root from when you were little. And you used to say, God, why did you make me a man? And why didn't you make me a man? When you gave me the will to want to preach, to speak. You gave me this desire to preach, to be a missionary. And the church I was in, women couldn't do that. And there was a bitterness that was there that I didn't realize the different ways it manifested itself throughout my life because I just didn't. The Holy Spirit had to show me. He does that. He'll take our broken places, open our eyes to them, and fix it. 
the, the word came stones. I don't even know if, oh, azalea, the final word for azalea. Azalea also means coming home. And I thought of two ways that we can come home. One is if we've just kind of been like Blake and got angry or rebellious or bitter and we've left and we don't want to have anything to do with God that if he was such a good God, why would he let these things happen? Or, Or we've just think it's all ridiculous. I mean, it could be the word Moira that I looked up, interestingly, means three things. It can mean um, bitterness or rebellion, and it also can mean um, it's a Greek mythological creature, person, that is the one that controls your fate. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, controls your fate. And I thought those words, coming home, the exciting part is that coming home Coming back to God, coming to the Holy Spirit, empowering the Holy Spirit in our hearts, letting him change who we are from the inside out. Drop that bitterness, drop the anger, drop the rebellion, drop the putting the Holy Spirit in a little box. Let him work on our hearts and work in us. And we could spend so much more time doing, talking about this. But as we come to a close, I also want to leave with that coming home revival and I think it's not just that we're going to have many of us have children that have walked away from the Lord Holy Spirit is working on them as my daughter said yesterday to me relentlessly pursuing God relentlessly pursues all of us and he wants us to all come home and to be at home and let him dwell in us and through us to serve others that's a coming home That's going to be a revival. That's super exciting. So I ask you as I close out the sermon, think through this. Do we want to be like Kira? Or do we want to be like Blake? Father, thank you for this day and for your word. I pray that it touches people's hearts right where you want them to hear it. Holy Spirit, you can show them so much more than I was able to say in this time. So we give it to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and we always want to be at home with you. In Jesus' name, amen.